Hey, what's up everybody? Kevin here for Turn One Soul Ring. Please remember to rate, review, and comment on our content wherever you listen to the show. It really helps us out. We appreciate each and every one of you. Now let's get to the show. Turn One Soul Ring. We might have talked about this on the show before, but do you have a dress code at work? Yes. No jeans? Yeah. Is that what uh, else? Possibly. If there, well, if there are no blue jeans. I don't really remember the full dress code because, like, my previous job had a dress code and I just adhered to that one. And this one, that job was, like, higher brow than what this is, so. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty low brow for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. Are you guys still selling a lot of copies of Jedi Fallen Order? Mm, I think that's slowed down. But it's been pretty successful. <clears throat> yeah, I think even, like, digitally and stuff, it's, like, big. I hope they keep those games coming. Those, like, story-driven... They're supposed to be. There's supposed to be another one this year. Yeah. Well, good, because... Yeah. I hope it's good, because apparently the rumors were, like, um, the company that was working on was making an open-world game, and then because Jedi Fallen Order did so well, they're like, make it more linear and story-driven. Story, so they're yeah, taking yeah. this game and now changing it while it's partway through development. So we'll see. Apparently there's also... <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> apparently there's also a game in the works uh, called Magic legends yes that's like a is. diablo yep like a hack and slash yep. type game yeah um we actually haven't talked about that at all uh no i watched gameplay for it and stuff yeah and it's it's, it's still in pre-alpha yes right yeah, so so it'll be a while graphically like doesn't look so good at the moment of course but it's like in pre-alpha and stuff but it looks like the gameplay is a lot like for anyone who's played diablo before it's like a top-down hack and slash kind of game yeah but now you get to play as a wizard mm. um and then you actually do still pick out uh cards because they're like spells Right. And then so you can equip those and like those are like the spells you'll be using in the game. So and like you can have it's cool because then like they were showing a character that used like blue and white. And Mm -hmm. so you have like a mana bar and like each one has its own certain amount that you can use from each like bar for the colors of cards that you have. Yeah. So you can have multiples. You can have a blue mage that uses like blue and white cards and stuff. Right. Yeah. That's very cool. So it looks interesting. Yeah, I, 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 I've never played a ton of Diablo, but the, what I have played is a lot of fun. And, and even that aspect of like a quasi-RPG type of game where you get experience points and you can uh, upgrade certain abilities, right? Like, like the Star Wars The Force Awakens, uh, not The Force Awakens, The Force Unleashed sure, was yeah. sort of like that uh, in from that aspect. Yeah. Uh, but those games are always a, a ton of fun. Especially yeah. when you can do it online with all your friends. Exactly. So that's what this Magic Legends is supposed to be kind of like. So, well, yeah, it's perfect that we uh, uh, we're talking about video games because uh, this is Turn One Soul Ring. I'm Kevin, and I'm Eric. And today on the show, we are going to be talking about some of the recent announcements that Watsi has made. Yeah. So there's a few we want to talk about here. So, mm-hmm. including stuff about Magic Arena and other things. Oh, you got a got a mixed bag today for a uh, for a Friday show. Ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, before we get to the main topic, Eric, how can listeners get in touch with us? Uh, to all our listeners, you can always find us at Turn One Soaring the Podcast podcast on instagram <laughs> you can find us at turn one soul ring the podcast at gmail.com and you can also find us over on youtube by searching turn one soul ring uh, the podcast yeah there if you search just turn one soul ring you're gonna There's get one some, other somebody else <laughs> <laughs> but we don't talk about him yeah <laughs> no I'm, I'm sure i'm sure he's a perfectly pleasant individual yeah well should we i guess we should just get right into it 
let's get into what we've got to talk about here. Yeah, Watsy's uh, Watsy's been doing things as they want to do. So first up, uh, this is like the most recent news we have to talk about today, I believe, is the um, they posted something today uh, called changes to Magic's competitive season and event schedule. Yeah. So. Um, you know, I'm sure you've heard about the coronavirus, COVID-19. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's, it's it pretty serious. Bad. Yep. The, it's a pandemic, everybody. Yeah. So I don't want to scare you. But, uh, and you know, the, if if you're not old, you, you don't have to be too scared about it. But wash your hands. Just, you know, don't put too much strain on the um, healthcare system. Exactly. Wherever you are, just keep your hands clean. Don't touch your face. I know it's hard. I, I touch my face a lot. <clears throat> So uh, get the hand sanitizer. But anyways, uh, I, I was really surprised by this announcement because they're, well, it's, it's so much. So they're canceling the Players Tour Finals in Houston and uh, shifting those invites. Uh, they're rescheduling and relocating the upcoming round of regional Players Tour events. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're adding an online regional Players Tour event option for players who are not able or who choose not to attend an in-person regional players tour. So that's nice. That's always good. Uh, and they're canceling the mythic invitational originally scheduled for May. And what's really nice is they'll be providing travel reimbursements to qualified players with non-refundable, non-transferable flights to the impacted players tour, uh, the players tour finals and mythic invitational events. All invited players will receive an email next week with details on how to apply. That is awesome that they're doing that. That is really great because yeah. they don't have to do that. No, they don't have to. Yeah, that is a really good. That's a that's a good it's move. Like a good service to the players and stuff, right? Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, and so they have like given new dates for some of these things, just like you know, a few months down the road. Hopefully, mm-hmm. things won't be as crazy as they are now. Yeah, and you know, the, like cases around the world are uh, increasing mm-hmm. uh, in the countries that are affected, uh, but the cases in China over the past few days have been decreasing. So, and that's where it's like the worst. If you look at one of those maps with like the well, red. That's where it all started and like that's. Yeah, yeah. like that's where like I think the over 80,000 cases. So the, the very much the bulk of it, but you know, they're handling it. And I think that bodes well for the rest of the world. Yeah. And obviously if they are showing they're handling it, it's going down. If we just, you know, take this seriously and don't. Follow suit. Follow suit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, and 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 if that's the case, then it certainly doesn't need to get as uh, like our our movement and the way that we live our lives doesn't have to get as strict as it exactly. as it's gotten in other places. Which, you know, I don't think any of us want that. No, and <clears throat> uh, if any of you are affected by this in those ways, like I hope everyone out there is doing well. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, because I know like a lot of places have been gotten like shut down and stuff especially in the UK, they've been having a lot of things like that. So yeah. Yeah. And like the, like the airlines aren't doing well and yeah. you know, like it, it just, it it's sucks starting to hit the States too, where they're stru- shutting down airlines and stuff. So absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's serious. Yeah. Um, but they, they are handling it, but, um, going, uh, going forward with these, this, this magic announcement, they are also, um, they announced that the cancellation of all magic fest through mid April, yeah. That's big. That's a lot of money. Like people have already bought flights and all that uh, kind of stuff. Hotels. Yeah. You know, they bought cards to play with. Like that's that's big. And they're looking to reschedule those events for later in the year. Um and I'm I'm sure they will. And and you know, I have no doubt that 
you know, this will be dealt with and we'll, we will go back to life as usual. Just exactly. Nobody, nobody panic. And like, sure. It, it sucks in one way, but it is good that they're seeing that this is a problem and we want to get it taken care of. So it doesn't like spread like ridiculous. So, yeah. So that yeah. we, so that we can have magic fests. Yeah. Um, so they're, uh, like, I, like we said, they're canceling the players tour finals, which was supposed to be held in Houston from April 24th to 26th. Uh, they're also, um, any players that were invited to Houston will be invited to the already scheduled final schedule for Minneapolis in July. Uh, that's July 9th to 12th. The event will be larger and will award more prize money to accommodate the larger field of play. And they will have more details on this in the coming weeks. Cool. Yeah, so yeah, they're just, you know, they're rescheduling the Players Tour events, like we said. Yeah, it looks like the Mythic's being rescheduled for July 23rd. Yeah, um, which is, you know, that seems like a reasonable time frame. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, like we said, the, the Players Travel Reimbursement, very, very nice. Very nice. Um, and yeah, they just, they sort of end this announcement saying that this is a developing situation. And so, you know, they've, they've put these dates forward for rescheduling events, but these aren't set in stone. So if you are buying airfare or accommodations, just, um, kind of double down, or I don't know if that's the right turn of phrase, but try to get, you know, travel insurance or, or, um, things where you can get reimbursed. Right? Yeah, exactly. That's uh, that's what I would do. But yeah, this was like that's kind of that's just you know so fast and like just like Eric and I live in um, Winnipeg, Manitoba. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's a capital city. Woo. <laughs> um, and we just had our first confirmed case today. Yeah, um, actually, uh, March twelfth. Uh, so that's kind of that's kind of alarming, but you know it's this just for, for most of us you just kind of be out of commission for a couple of weeks. So yeah. it's not a big deal. And even um, what's what's kind of cool is the federal government, part of their um, financial plan to deal with this is that um, normally with, with EI, there's like a one-week sort of waiting period that you wouldn't get paid for if you went on employment insurance. And they're waiving that for people that have to be quarantined or, or go into self-quarantine, uh, uh, self-isolation. So that's nice. That's always nice too. Doesn't really cover like, people that don't have access to employment insurance, but yeah, eh, yeah. It's, it's just nice that like also like government seeing like we know this is like a big thing, so we're just here to work with you. That's right. Yeah. Well, we pay their salaries, right? So that's true. We kind of they kind, we're kind of the boss. Like we're we're like the prime ministers. <laughs> that's a different way of looking at it. <laughs> yeah, I know it's pretty silly. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it, it feels good to laugh again, though. That was some pretty serious stuff. Um, but let's move on to the BNR announcement from this uh, this past Monday. Yeah. So March 9th, there was a new BNR announcement, and there's a decent amount of changes. Yeah. So what? Uh, we got some banned cards. We got some suspended cards. Can you can you read off this list, Eric? Uh, yeah. Let's just like go off the list quickly here. First of all, in Brawl, uh, we have Golos, Talus Pilgrim banned. Oh, I was See gonna ya. build a Golos deck. It's so good. <laughs> oh, man. No, I have no one to play with, though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then in Historic, uh, there's two things here because cards have been moved from Suspended to Banned, uh, which is Oko, Thief Crowns, Once Upon a Time, and Veil mm. of Summer. And then uh, from Suspended to Legal is Feel of the Dead. So let's come back to his legal card. I was surprised by that. Me too. That's just like that they didn't just 
ban it straight up. Yeah, because Golos is still viable and historic, so mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. see how that goes. Uh, and then in Legacy, we have Underworld Breachers is banned, and then in Modern, Once Upon a Time is banned. Oof. Another nail in the coffin of Throne of Eldraine. <laughs> yeah, so um, I actually had to look up what Suspended was right, yeah. for Historic, and um, basically the way it works is, uh, like, quarterly or whenever they do these BNR announcements, because we don't know when they do BNR announcements anymore, which is always fun. <laughs> uh, they do give us notice when they say, hey, we're going to do a BNR announcement in a week, but otherwise yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's all up in the air. So uh, this is, the way suspended works is if it's suspended for a period of time, uh, like, you know, they do an announcement, a card is suspended, and then at the next announcement, it's my understanding that they either have to legalize the card, put it back into play, or ban it. You know, you, they won't just repeatedly like, keep a card on the suspension list. And I think for a format like Historic, that can work. Yes. Uh, because they can see a problem right away and be like, all right, let's just get rid of it. But because they're adding in selections of cards into this format, mm-hmm. which has never really happened before. Yeah. Yeah. And, the, and yeah, and they, and they talk about that in the explanation. And yeah, it, it, because historic is almost, it's, it's like as, as truly digital uh, as magic has ever gotten. Yeah, totally. You know? Yeah, because they never had a format which is like expanding in this kind of way and stuff. So uh, this is a this is a good way I think of doing something like this. Mm-hmm. Just being like, this is a problem card. Let's get rid of it for now. But it's not like banned forever. And it's better than being like, this card's banned. This card's unbanned. This card's banned. This card's unbanned. Like, Absolutely. You know, yeah. yeah. And uh, you know they they'll 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 ban they'll they'll suspend it and then they'll put in new they'll introduce new cards to the historic format to to see if the metagame can adjust for that. Yeah. And then then they can decide if they want to reintroduce it or, or ban it or ban it. So that's what we're seeing here. So mm-hmm. yeah, so Hopefully appara- it works out. Yeah. So apparently, uh, with Golos, the, uh, it, it was representing 10% of the, the, the playing field as a commander. Yeah. And, uh, that makes, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it uh, makes, it made Golos twice as popular as the next most popular brawl commander. And uh, they said it, that's not inherently a problem, but the five-color identity that Golos has also circumvents deck-building restrictions that most other Brawl decks need to work within. So you could just, whatever you needed to put in the deck, you could put into the deck. You just play five-color whatever. Once you get Golos, he always tours out of land for you, so he always makes himself cheaper. And then his ability is just all five colors and some extra mana to, like, get cards out of your deck for free like he really does he really does pay for himself oh totally yeah yeah, yeah. so it's it's just uh I, I i understand why they they would do this um but like like riley has a golos tireless pilgrim deck and it seems like a lot of fun to play does just, he have a brawl uh it's a commander deck okay cool yeah yeah with uh with maze's end as the as, ah. as the finisher right yeah. can't play that in brawl no <laughs> <clears throat> So moving on to historic, um, have you been playing a lot of historic these days, Eric? Nope. Nope. Not playing historic. Yeah. I did dive in once it came around, uh, and was interested by it, but still like, I still felt like the format didn't have too much different about it than what our current standard had. Like I know there's 25 extra cards. You do see, do see some other deck archetypes out there, Mm -hmm. but it just, I don't know. Yeah, and it'll be really interesting to see how because uh, we have historic anthology two coming up, mm-hmm. and they t- they talk about in in this 
announcement um, part of that list of cards is Ghost Quarter and Goblin Rune Blaster to potentially deal with Field of the Dead when they decide whether or not they want to reintroduce the card into the format. Yeah. But it'll be interesting to see with each historic anthology how the format changes and, and how long it's going to take before it feels different from standard, different enough, you know, more like, more like an, you know, an eternal format, even though that's not what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird eternal format because yeah. they can put any card technically they want into it. So yeah, they really can. Hey, they can. Like that's what, like what the idea is. It's like is. magical Christmas land. Yeah. <laughs> it, it would be so much fun to make those historic anthology lists. Yeah. And like be the architect of, of what you're format. adding in and stuff. Yeah. Like, it is, you know, like however you feel about historic or magic arena in general, it's, this is a very, uh, it's a very unprecedented type of format. Very much. Yeah. I think for any like card game too, because of how many cards are being put in every single time and you're like selecting from this massive card pool of cards. Yeah. And it's almost like, I think the next most similar thing would be like the commander product that we get every year, even though we have such a huge pool of cards to play with, like almost the, the entire history of magic, but they release, you know, about 50 new cards for this one format. I mean, it, it, those cards are also legal in legacy and vintage and the truly eternal formats. And, um, you know, that, that's, that's a good thing, but you know, they, they really can print these sometimes incredibly powerful cards that can sort of break those formats. Yeah. But you know, and most of the time in commander, they're not that game breaking, but it's just, yeah, it is a very, uh, it is a very interesting way to introduce cards and like um, mold a format. It's very interesting, especially for Legacy and Vintage, where we have a commander product and we have cards that are made for commander, but then in those two eternal formats, you can still play those cards mm-hmm. that were printed in quotations for commander, right. right? So, and then sometimes you see things like True Name Nemesis, where it's like, wow, in a 1v1 format this is a kind of a broken car <laughs> yeah and like how much are they um how much are the designers considering that exactly and i think like the way to look at it is, is really try not to worry about those formats because we want to have fun stuff for commander mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh and it's the same thing too with the jumpstart set in the summer that those are the the reprints from that set are also going to be legal in only the eternal formats mm-hmm. correct yeah so yeah, I wonder if we'll have any uh, legacy or vintage shenanigans from that. Yeah, who knows? We will see. Yeah, and the interesting part about Commander as well is because a lot of the times you do have bigger, splashier spells and like legacy vintage doesn't see you playing those higher CMC stuff very often. So you can definitely assume that those cards won't see play. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So um, moving on to modern. This one's interesting. Once upon a time. Yeah. Honestly, I'm surprised it took this long. Yeah, that's fair. Because I thought this would get banned. Um, I mean, I'm surprised it took uh, so long for Oko to get banned, uh, certainly in standard. But it's a free spell. It is a free spell. You know, I play, I I started with two of these in my Tron deck, main yeah. decking them. And I had four by the by the time this banning came around. It's just so good. It is. Yeah, even, I even picked up three from my Tron deck because, like, it's a good card. It's nuts. Even even when you have to hard cast it, it's yeah. still good. It's two mana. You dig five deep. Yeah, okay. it's it's just... I think that's still good. It's incredible. Yeah. So I, I totally get it. I think this is a... This makes complete sense. Like, don't give people free spells. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it's just, um, and you know, they talk about it, it you know, it poses a, a, a design constraints because in, in creature and land-based decks, you know, it just makes it so consistent to get exactly what you need. Oh yeah, super consistent because then you have this like extra card that's going to get you a creature or a land. Like so, so that's like what you see the card as. I I've kept you know this is this was wrong, but I've kept I kept no land hands because I had a once upon a time, and I, you played on turn zero and you're like okay I'm just gonna I'm gonna win or lose this game right yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> that's ballsy. <laughs> but yeah, it's just like that's it's it, it makes it makes perfect sense to me that they would that they would ban this card, and you know the thing is financially. It's not taking a huge hit because it it was already banned in standard. Yeah, exactly. At one time, this card was around twenty five thirty dollars, and you know who knows what it's going to cost now. I don't know where where it's still legal in in legacy and vintage, right? Yeah, it, it can see play there. Certainly not. Certainly much worse in commander. Much worse because the big benefit is being able to cast it for free. How yes. often are you can have it in your opening hand? Mm-hmm. Um, but still, five two mana to dig five deep isn't like the worst thing. So, no, a- absolutely not. And you can hit a it's it's a creature or a land that you can reveal. And you know you have things like ancient stirrings, which is one mana to dig five deep. Uh, it's a little more constrained with what you can. with what you can reveal yeah but in the right deck like tron most of the pieces are colorless so so. it's not the same thing and i mean remember when for the longest time ancient stirrings was on the ban um on the ban horizon people were always talking about it and now it's you know nobody talks about it it's (laughs) totally fine um all right so uh, let's move on to the legacy banning we had Underworld Breach, brand yeah. new card. I'm surprised. I'm I'm both surprised and not surprised that this was banned. I'm surprised because it's such a new card. Sure, that's fair. Yeah, uh, but it is in an internal format, which obviously is less played than the other formats we've just been talking about. Like, yeah, Legacy isn't selling packs. No. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love this card too, Underworld Breach, and I thought it could see some broken stuff. And For sure. Legacy being such an older format makes sense as to how it was. Yeah. Um, some of the big things they talk about is like Underworld Breach with like LED, which is Lion's Eye Diamond, mm-hmm. and Brain Freeze. Uh, the crazy part about how Underworld Breach works is that you can continually cast the spell out of your graveyard, just if you have enough spells to exile. Yeah, because when they resolve, they go back to your graveyard, yep. like like any other spell. You, you know, something like Yogmoth's Will, uh, you, you can only do it once. Exactly. So, so it's a little more. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it made... I can't believe I'm saying this, but Yogmoth's Will is like the fair version. <laughs> of Underworld Breach, and that's the yeah. newer card. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> so I understand why I can see that card gone. Yeah, yeah, and they and you know they said that rather than allowing these decks to become a large part of the competitive metagame before they likely before likely still needing to make a change in the near future, they chose to just just ban it now. Yeah, which I think is fine. Yeah, I'd I'd prefer that. Yeah, exactly. You know, rather than you know, it's like like, like how like Ren and Six ran rampant for a while in Legacy, or how Hogak, uh, what Hogak did in Modern. In Modern, they yeah. should have banned that much much faster. Yeah, than they did, and. Uh, yeah, but still, just a great, great card. Great card. Love Underworld Breach. You don't have one, pick one up. Yeah. It's good in Commander. They've never been cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Okay, so... Do we want to uh, touch on Pioneer at all? Or? I think so, yeah. yeah. I mean, we've talked about what, what was banned. You know, I think it's important to also talk about what wasn't banned. Yeah, and I do like what they're doing here with um, with Pioneer. They are saying, like, we're watching the format. This is what's happening in the format. We understand. Um, we just didn't want to do anything banning-wise at the moment. What I, what I really like is they that uh, not only are they concerned with the data, from, like gameplay data, but... They're also concerned with uh, basically players complaining about yeah. having to play against certain decks, which is nice. Like, it sounds a little bit <laughs> silly, but it, it is it is nice that it's like, hey, I don't like this play experience. Yeah. Because... This is the game I like to play. That's a huge part of it, yeah. right? Like, that's all, that's everything. Yeah. So that's nice that they're, that they're taking that seriously. But, yes, they do say that... Um, that you know they're they're aware of the Demir Inverter deck, the Lotus Breach deck, and the Helioid Sun Crowned and Walking Ballista combo. But that last one hasn't really proven itself. Yeah, because it's been here for a month, a month, at least a month. Yeah, at the moment, and yeah, yeah uh, it's just showing that like it it's, it can still win out of nowhere, but also the deck itself has other like ways for itself to win. Mm -hmm. And so it is more varied than just like a straight up combo deck where you go for the combo and win, boom, win. Right. And part of, part of the reason or, or part of the factor in a banning is, um, how homogenous the, the play style is and the play uh, patterns are of a particular deck or a particular strategy. So when you have something like the Heliod Sun Crown walking ballista combo, the deck has other ways to win and it's not always the same thing exactly and, and that's you know as as a player i th you know i think we can all agree that that's preferable you know com mm. combos are all well and good but it gets a little boring uh piloting that or or playing against it yeah too for many sure. times uh they uh they have some data here that demir inverter has had a 49 percent non-mirror match win rate and has unfavorable matchups against five of the other 10 most played decks um and that's that's data from the last two weeks of MTGO leagues, which is kind of an interesting um, time period. Like, doesn't seem like a long time. Um, it seems almost like if you gave that a little more time, that that percentage might be higher, might be lower. But I'm I'm sort of leaning towards the fact that it might be They're higher. Just like how popular it was in the past, like two weeks. Yes, they yeah. are. Yeah. Um, and uh, the Lotus Breach decks were at an even lower win rate. Um, and both decks were, um, had, they had a lower win rate, especially after sideboarding, yeah. post sideboarding. So you can, um, you can really hate out these decks. Yeah, totally. <clears throat> so again, uh, yeah. it's nice that they're saying all this kind of stuff about the pioneer mm -hmm. and they are watching it. And yep. it sounds like those combo decks, like it may suck to just like lose right away, but you do still have chances against them. Yeah, I mean, you know, you one could also make the argument that it's, you know, if you're going to if I'm going to lose, you know, let's just do it as quickly as possible. Yeah. Cuz then I can, <laughs> you know, then I can go you know, get something to eat before the next match or whatever. Whatever, whatever you got to do. Yeah. Um so with with all this um this this whole thing about Pioneer, they they've also said that they are hoping to not make any changes until after the players tour finals in Houston in late April. So this, this um, announcement was from Monday of this week, March 9th. And the announcement we talked about previously was from, from today today. Yeah. So obviously 
Houston, the Houston Pro Tour Finals aren't going to happen in late April, so we might get a BNR announcement before uh, the whenever the the Players Tour Final actually happens. Yeah, it's a possibility. Yeah, but I think they wanted to see some gameplay. Yes, to make a decision, right? So, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. We sure will. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, so. Uh, let's move on to secret layer. Something that is a news thing that we always seem to always have to talk about. Well, they're always so many. There's always doing the secret layers. Yeah, I'm just waiting for a secret layer that is for Kevin. You know? <laughs> slivers. <laughs> yes, do the. Um, oh no, Sliver Queen's reserve list. I would love like if they did a OG foil Sliver Queen Ooh. with the star. I'd get that if that was like one secret layer for like forty nine ninety nine. That's a good price. Sure. <laughs> Sliver Queen is like, she's like over a hundred. Um, well, what if they just did some other like key slivers? That'd be cool. No, no Queens. No None, Queens. No five colors. No, no five colors. No yeah. Five colors. They could, they could do that. That would be, that'd be fun. Most of the slivers in my deck are foiled out, but that could be fun. I also like wizards. Yeah. Uh, I do like maybe one that's more like lands. Do you like some five color lands Ooh, yeah. or some like commander, some That'd commander, nice. like you could do like command tower, mana confluence, yeah. city of brass. That'd be a cool one. Forbidden orchard definitely needs a Ooh, reprint. Yeah. 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 That's a, a card that should not cost that much. Throw exotic orchard in there. Why not? Why not? It's like a worse forbidden orchard. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, reflecting pool. Reflecting pool is a good one. Yeah. That's yeah. a very good one. Wow. We could work at wizards. Yeah. And then just Jeez. maybe even throw in like a uh, Nyx. Uh, Nykthos, trying to Nyx, for sure, yeah. Why not? Yeah, and that'd be, and, and the Nykthos and Mana Confluence would be great for the Pioneer players. There you go. Because those cards have spiked quite a bit. Yes, they I, have. I remember buying Mana Confluences for five ninety nine. Ooh, I was getting <laughs> the, even the Trying to Nyx was like nine, ten bucks. It was, yeah. I remember when it went up to 11 bucks, and I'm like, what? What is this? <laughs> <laughs> This used to be a nine dollar card. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was, I was just shocked, shocked and appalled. Okay, so um, yeah, so the secret layer drop series um, last week they did the international women's Wednesday. one. Yeah, and then today, so by the time you hear this, you won't the, be able to buy it anymore. Won't be able to buy it anymore. Uh, it's um, just today for the Thalia secret layer. And the Thalia secret layer is a playset which I like, but I'm not crazy about the fact that they're all different arts. And um, I don't think I'm the only one that feels that way. What do you think about that, Eric? Uh, I actually picked up the Seeing Visions. Seeing Visions. So yeah. I did get one of these. You did, yeah. Yeah. And the, and that's the same thing. It's a playset. Of a relatively Seeing heavily visions. played card, yeah, uh, in a constructed format, and um, they all have different arts. They do. I think I was just really hooked on how the arts looked. Yeah, on me, the Seeing Visions. Me too. I was more excited for that than I am for the Thalia art. Yeah, because these ones are kind of like they're okay. And I think too, yeah. like I think both of us um, have more. Uh, uh, I think we both feel more strongly about the cards Seeing Visions than either of us feel about. 
Thalia. Yeah. Like, I don't think either of us have ever been big, like, tax players. No, I've never played it. I've definitely played against it and hate it. Me too. Hated every minute of it. <laughs> um, didn't hate the player, though. Yeah. Um, but yes, like, the, you know, both of us do, like, a good cantrip. It just feels good. Yeah. Yeah. Getting through the deck, so. So, yeah, that could be part of it, too, that it's just not a card that either of us are excited about. Yeah, because like our friend uh, Rylan, he was excited about this one, so yes, he might be picking it up. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Um, and the um, uh, the International Women's Day one, like that one, sold really well, mm-hmm. and you know that's that's all well and good. And and is in terms of value, even though they upped the price because they said they were because they are donating half of it to charity. Yeah. Um, you know, before we started recording today, Eric and I were looking up the both the foil prices and the non-foil prices of the five legendary creatures that are in the, the uh, International Women's Day Secret Lair, and you are getting good value for what it is for yeah. even like the non-foil prices. Yeah, right, because like f- you're looking at picking these cards up in non-foil. Yeah, and like Captain Sisse in the original foil uh, was close to seventy dollars USD, yeah. somewhere in there for a near mint copy. So. Obviously, that's not the same card. It doesn't have the same collectability. That Captain Sisei isn't worth anywhere near that much in the secret lair, but you are still getting, you know, a, a foil Captain Sisei. Totally. Uh, one thing I actually noticed was uh, at the end of this one, to capture these moments, we called on uh, Magali and Johans, uh, the two artists who know Thalia best. So they got people who actually drew her before this time. Mm. Yeah, so that's neat. Yeah, what? I wonder what... I think my favorite art would probably be like the... Oh, I don't know. I like the one that's just her. It's like the bottom right. Um, I know that doesn't really narrow it down <laughs> at all. But it looks a little more like like a manga or an anime drawing. Um, Is it the one where she's like looking off like kind of up? Yeah. 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 And she's, I, yeah, I think I, I really I like, like that, that one. one. Uh, the, and I also like the one where she has the ghost behind her. Yes. I think that's the Geist of St. Traft. Yeah. Yes. So that's a cool little nod there. Yeah. 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 Very cool. Yeah. You know, and I, I think I was listening to the uh, MTG uh, Goldfish podcast and they were talking about how, like Seth was saying, how, you know, secret layers in general are uh, fine, but the, the ones that are, play sets of cards that see play in constructed formats. I think he said that those are, are potentially especially bad for local game stores. Yes. Um, that, that, that does make sense. Yeah. And you know, I, th- I think products like this are bad for local game stores. Like they're being cut out of the supply chain purposefully. And you know, however you feel about that f- fine, but I think that just being the devil's advocate here, and I think I've said this on the show before, but, you know, without an MSRP on products from Wizards, if these were available at local game stores, we would have local game stores with proprietors that would sell these at very much above what you would be able to buy them on Wizards' website for or Hasbro's website. So, Like, definitely if you're checking out the Women's Day one, for example, they would probably put the price of that one up higher. Yeah, so, you know, I remember seeing that with From the Vaults, uh, even the unsanctioned product. I've, I've seen that at local game stores around the city at, v- like, 
you know, it, it was, they said it would be thirty nine ninety nine USD and I've seen it as much as $80. Yeah. So, and that's Canadian. So there's an exchange rate, but that's still high. Yeah. It's still high for what it should be. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, I do, you know, I, I would definitely pick up a secret layer if there was one that I really wanted. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think, I think it's a fine product, but, uh, Something, something else. I was, I was watching one of the professor's videos earlier this week, and um, he was talking about the the uh, International Women's Day one, and he was like pricing. It was like an "Is it worth it?" video. Yeah, that he does. Love those videos. And he was talking about how um, you know they they do so many like promos and and foils and alternate art and full bordered box topper type of cards now and there's all these different versions of cards we can get and you know what could potentially happen is that you know we have all this exciting new bling and when that happens does the original foil printing of these cards become the blingiest thing we can put into our decks i don't know I think that goes both ways, depending on what kind of magic player you are. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I think for the both of us, we kind of like the get that old, like... Because that, that, that one's harder to find in certain ways. Um, I think with the secret layers, we have a really weird situation here where they're only printing to the order of them. So depending on how many of us, the consumers, decide to buy of this product is how many of this card is actually floating out there. Yeah, that's a good point. Which is different compared to the cards being straight up printed in a set. And it's almost like they're, they're creating the collectability Yeah, by, right. by only selling it for this short, finite period of time. Yeah, you only get this 24-hour period, buy it now, or just, yeah, not. Yeah, <laughs> and, um, you, know, after, uh, you know, after we move on from Secret Layers, we're going to talk about the Mystery Booster foil list, mm-hmm. and... Uh, I think a good segue is that this foil list has cards that are, for all intents and purposes, being reprinted, looking almost exactly as they were when they were originally printed. Which, again, we've never had before, because we, right. if you have those old border foils, they're being printed like that. Yeah, and, and even in, like, new border foil, modern bordered foils, the original is al- often, if not always more valuable. Yes. So, so there's something to that original printing, right? Like, you know, we, we talk about like reprints yeah. and it's almost a, it's almost a bad word for some uh, reason, for some reason, not from it's a, like, I love reprints. We both oh, yeah, love reprints because yeah. they, they lower the price, but I think you get a bloom tender for $10. Like <laughs> <laughs> I would, I think they'd have to print it at uncommon to be $10. <laughs> But uh, yeah, there's something there. There is something intangible about the original thing, whatever totally. it is. Um, you know, it's like Emperor Palpatine, right? Like he he's had all those clone bodies, so he just doesn't. He just it doesn't have that oomph. But that original Palpatine, you know, it's unlimited power. Yeah, right? and that's what you have. Nothing with, matches that. No, nothing, and that's what you have with that original bordered invasion printing of Captain Sisse. There you go. Which is why it's you know like. Seventy dollars, <laughs> um, but yeah, let's let's move on to uh, the mystery booster foil list. So we're not going to go through the whole list because you know it's one hundred twenty-one uh, cards. Yeah, you there's can go look at it yourself. Yeah, there's lots of great content creators that 
have gone over the list. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it, there, there is a lot of value. I think in, so too. In these yeah. foils. Yeah. Like there's some pretty cool ones. And then what we're seeing is that we have some that are popular that just haven't been like printed enough and they're getting this reprint here to maybe help with the, with the price. Yeah. And I think for a lot of these cards, like we have the heavy hitters, like, um, Oh, what's the commander? The Esper commander. I, I'm uh, send triplets. Yeah. We have send triplets and we have Minamo school at water's edge. And we have, um, there's also that land from Kamigawa, uh, Sh- uh, Shinzo. Yeah. Um, death storehouse. So, you know, we have the heavy hitters that in foil, those cards, like in foil before these, these printings were announced, uh, send triplets was like in the like one sixties for the foil. Which is huge. It's huge. And like that card has seen increased commander play over the past few months. Yeah. Uh, I don't really know how though. Cause like who's in your play group, who's day. letting you play that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, to, to each their own. Um, I think Trevor had a send triplets deck at one, at one point. point. What? I wonder if he still has it. I would love to yeah. play. I would love for the four of us to play or the three of us to play against his like tuned, Send triplets deck and and see if like he can handle being arch enemy. <laughs> no, Fun he, times. he'd be fine. <clears throat> um, and then yeah, like there's other cool little ones. I think like Boreal Druid is a nice little printing. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Cold Snap. Because that was like twenty five, thirty bucks or something. Like yeah, definitely. Um, one of my more favorites, Carthus, uh, Tyrant of Jund. Yes. Giant dragon. Yeah. Yeah. What is that one? Uh, that one has an attack trigger. Uh, no, it's when it enters the battlefield, you, you gain control of all dragons. Mm, that's pretty good. And they good. gain flying in haste. Yeah, well, you gotta have haste. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you can combo that with, like, Day of the Dragons. You turn everyone else's creatures into dragons, and you play Karthus, and then you just get everything. Yeah. It's expensive combo, but... Mana-wise. <laughs> yes. Mana-wise, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, uh, I, and I think, like, the, the like if you if you uh, look at the, the values of these original printing foils, they've already taken a hit. Yeah. Um... But I think a lot of these foils um, are were very valuable because they had a low supply. That's the other thing, right? Not like necessarily high like, demand. I was looking at a lot of like the there's a like four or five like cold snaps in there and stuff. Well, like braid of fires in there. Braid of yeah. fires in there. That's a good one. Yeah. Even like there was um the white wall from cold snap. With the cumulative upkeep? It was like I was like this card's not very playable in the foil again. It's like twenty bucks. You're like why? <laughs> cold snap is why exactly and so it's nice to see that they are giving they're not just like printing cards you know oh they're good in the this format or whatever it's like these are cards didn't get very much printing people may want um and we're yeah. showing that and especially for commander decks right like this yeah. is like these these reprintings are definitely aimed at commander players wall of shards wall of shards yes yeah 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 um and so, you know, going back to, you know, talking about the value of these cards, um, what's what's great about this is I think we've we've previously talked about how because of the size of the Mystery Boosters main set, the price, the value of the, you know, Chase, Rares, and Mythics haven't seen a huge decrease in price. Because, again, it's over 1,600 cards. Yeah, I think it's like I think it's closer to twelve, twelve hundred. But any, anyways, you, yeah, you tell me. You're looking at the web page. Yeah, there's one thousand six hundred ninety four. Oh wow, okay. So <laughs> yes, it's just the 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 packs that are going to get open. It's a smaller booster box. The prices per pack are pretty good. Yeah, right? it's almost the price of a standard pack. But even a box going for a hundred dollars 
you're getting fewer packs. So it's just, I think less of the product is going to get opened and the chances of pulling really, the really expensive cards are just that much less. But what's great about this foil slot is there's no rarity to it. So you have as much chance of pulling an iron mirror as you do a, a braid of fire. Mm -hmm. So I think these cards will continue to go down in value, which is good for players that want to pick them up. And then also just with the set in general, I think it was a smart idea to do this to kind of supplement the value there a little bit. Absolutely. And it's really cool because they, I, th I think they're doing a pretty good job of printing this kind of like chaos draft style of product mm -hmm. that we're going to be able to kind of open and play with. So, Yeah, and... Um... Yeah, I, I definitely agree that the value is there. And I think that for players that f maybe feel like th if you have these cards already in foil and, you know, the value is getting hit and, th you know, that's not – that doesn't feel good. But I think the value is going to go back up because I think a lot of these cards are cards that newer commander players – or even some seasoned commander players just don't know about. Totally. And so they're going to be more sought after because players are going to open them. They're going to see them. They're going to think, oh, this is going to be good in this deck and that deck. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's the, that's the how the whole economy works. Totally. Uh, and then I wanted to call out a couple extra cards from even that are seen play in, like, modern. Oh, yeah, please do. Because uh, there's Soul's Attendant, which is good in, like, the Soul Sisters deck. Uh, and then they also have Pyretic Ritual, which is being reprinted. That's right. That's the one that for each card name pyretic ritual no it's just another like uh two two mana make three mana is it the is that one the spirit uh or arcane spell one that you can no no that one's not that one i only copied down the names and then copy down the actual pyretic card. ritual so many good rituals Whew. hey if you like rituals go back and listen to our uh i have no inner color pie series red which was yeah. just our last episode it's it's got rally on it so you know you're gonna enjoy it yeah <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, shall we move on to the changes to Magic Arena? Yeah, let's get to talking about some Magic Arena. So Eric is the Magic Arena aficionado on the show. Uh, <laughs> I'd like to be, and I will one day. We'll, we'll get there. Once it's on Mac. Once it's on Mac, yeah. Or <laughs> once I break down and buy like a $100 Acer laptop. <laughs> whatever whatever happens Whichever first. Whichever comes first, which <laughs> yeah. I could see being the laptop. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> so they, uh, they start off this um, announcement by talking about the cards that are going to be coming in the Historic Anthology 2. Yeah, 25 new cards again. Uh, we already kind of touched on this a little bit. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what they, uh, how the gameplay ends up turning out. Uh, they do have events starting today for Historic. So yeah, hist Historic Ranked and Historic Traditional Ranked. Yeah. And then they have a neat little thing called the Workshop Heirlooms of History. I don't quite know what that is. Uh, so they just have other, like fun events where they do different things uh, with the cards. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, March 20th to April 4th, they're doing Historic Popper. So that should be interesting. Love me some Popper. Yeah. But, you know, that's pretty limiting, right? I still think it, with the card pool, like, they did do, like, Popper, even in, like, the current standard and stuff. I still feel it's very limited. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. But they'll they'll get there. They're, they're working on it. Yeah. Uh, you next know, up. 
Um, they do tie in like the secret layer a little bit, so you will be getting the card sleeves of the art if you do buy one of those, which they've done in the past. But I think you get all four this time. So yeah, and if you don't want to buy the secret layer, you can also just buy the sleeves if you're so inclined. Yeah, which is cool. Yeah, it's just like not gaining people off from things. So that's always nice. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, next up is a thing that I think is awesome: direct messaging. Direct you messaging. Can talk to people on Magic Arena. <laughs> <laughs> but only if they're already your friends. They have to yeah. be on your friends list. Kind of like Hearthstone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> have you ever had people on Hearthstone, like, after you have a match, like, they try and friend you right away? Yeah, they do, and it'll be like, why are you playing? I get a lot of, why are you playing that deck in casual? Oh, really? Yeah, but I'm not playing, like, I don't play, like, mech hand buff or even shaman in casual wild. You know, I'm playing, like... Like I play the, you know, for you, uh, you Hearthstone players, I play uh, this, um, I play like a rogue deck. So what I do is I have Nazoth as like a finisher and I have Togwaggle Scheme, which upgrades every turn and Togwaggle Scheme shuffles one minion uh, into your deck. So you just leave it in your hand and it upgrades every turn. Eventually, you know, it gets up to like a dozen and you play a bunch of death rattle taunt minions that have effects that gain you life. And so you play Nazoth. Fill up your board with your your taunt minions that had death rattle and gained you life. You know, you shadow step Nizoth back to your hand, so he cost eight. You play him, you play Togwaggle Scheme, or you play um is it is it, I think I think he's called Laboratory Maniac, actually. Isn't that funny? And <laughs> uh and then you and then you can just go infinite doing like shuffling those two minions into your deck, and it's it's super fun. But it's not a competitive deck. Yeah. It sucks. <laughs> so, yeah, I get I get a lot of uh that's usually why people uh message me or they'll friend me and they'll you know, they'll use some unkind words. Sure. I'm not going to repeat them on the show, but I remember a couple times I was like adding people and they always have like something not good to say or like <laughs> something about the deck I was playing. I was like I don't care, so I just stopped friending people because I was like yeah, it's I mean, never about who hey, you want to play with in the game. It's always about like trash talk. Yes, or like my brother Jeff, like he'll friend people um, and and say like, oh, hey, like he'll try to give them tips. Oh, that's about nice. their deck. Like, hey, you're playing with this card. This like you could be playing with this card. Yeah, let's be friends. That's cool. Yeah. Anyways, direct uh, yeah. messaging. <laughs> so I can totally <laughs> see something like that happening with Arena. Um, but it is nice that they are add, starting to add this feature in because you can now talk to your friends list and stuff on Magic Arena. So Yeah, it seems like that would be one of the first things you would do. But whatever. I mean, like they could also seem like if you're on a PC, like you're like, oh, you have some sort of other application you're talking to your friends through already, like Discord. Sure. So it's like, you know, we don't, it's not a priority, I guess. Yeah, no, that's true because it is purely a um, PC interface. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I think I, as the game grows, it's good to have, at least have that feature in there. So, and especially if and when they bring it to mobile, yeah, you you're just have that one application open, mm-hmm. so you want to be able to chat inside of it, communicate because otherwise you'd have to leave the application, which is not fun on a phone. Or I guess you could do direct message your phone numbers. And then you could call each other and talk to each other while you're playing on the phone. But the phone's a little outdated, yeah. if you ask me. I don't. <laughs> I never talk on the phone. <laughs> um, and apparently, you can earn quest progress by challenging your friends. That's cool. So that's nice. Yeah, because they always have. Um, you get a daily quest, so you can always just complete that, get some gold, get some gold. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't include the uh, daily and weekly wins uh, because they're also like on top of that. 
per week you get like 15 wins and you get like experience and gold for that so okay it doesn't count towards that so you can't just like easily grind that stuff out right which is fair yeah but it's cool they're doing the other ones so i like it yeah and on top of that they're also adding um emotes so um what they're adding is uh you're gonna be able to say thanks and you're also going to be able to uh say Sorry. sorry yeah uh, so on your emote spot, you always have five emotes. Yeah. And so what happens if if uh, the spot like where it says nice, if someone says nice to you, the nice turns into thanks. So oh. It's not always there. It's only when somebody has used that, then your nice would turn into thanks. Same thing if you say oops, um, the oops will turn into a sorry if you're the other player. I'm glad you said that because um, before I started playing Hearthstone a couple years ago, in the emotes... They had a sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and so what would happen is some people are jerks and they, <laughs> if you would, you know, uh, when you're about to win the game, you'd say sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and that doesn't, that doesn't that's feel not. good. That's why, that's why in Hearthstone you can just squelch your opponents. Stop talking. So they can't talk to you. But I know, like, I'm not, like, I don't overdo it with the emotes, but if I'm about to win the game, I do say thank you, uh, and I don't say <laughs> it in, you. like, a no. sincere way. Like, thanks for the game. <laughs> like, thanks for losing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, no, that's, that's actually really good, is that it's, that it's prompt, and you can't just sit there saying sorry. All the time, yeah. Because that can be taken, that can be meant the wrong way, and mm-hmm. it can be taken that way. It can. So, so it, that's I not good. I thought it was really cool how they actually did that, so. Yeah, yeah, I do like that a lot. Yeah. Uh, you can, uh, they do have good game as one of them. So there's a lot of time where people are just kind of like, good game, good game. Do you ever start off a match by saying good game? No. No? I'm do not you, one of those people. You wait? <laughs> <laughs> is there a squelch function where there you is. can turn it off? Okay. There is. Yeah. So you can do that as well. Yeah. If you just, I don't want any part of it. Yeah. But I've had people who do like an early good game and I'm like, I'm getcha. <laughs> You're like, well now it's not, it's going to, for me, it's going to be a good game. Yeah. <laughs> Um, next up, um, in this, uh, announcement, we have cube sealed. Yeah. So this is, I think the cube sealed is cool. And there's also a little tidbit of information in here that I really, really like. Um, maybe I'll just read it like right off. Yeah. Read, yeah. Just read it off the webpage. Yeah. So, uh, just their beginning paragraph here. Uh, okay. First off, yes, we know a lot of you want cube draft and yes, we want it too. Given our intended goals for the cube draft with the cards and packed collation we intend to use, we don't believe it would be a fun environment for drafting with bots. So in brackets, so you can probably guess what we need to implement first. That's right. That's the part I like the most. Because I do enjoy draft a lot. Yeah. uh, And drafting against bots is a very different experience compared to drafting against actual people. Well, we were talking before we started recording the show today, and you were talking about back in beta when Amoncat was uh, available to draft and there were, there, there were a, a, there was a mill sub strategy in the set and if you, the, and the bots would never take those cards. So actually I ran two things mixed up here. We were talking okay. about Amoncat, but this was actually in Throne of Eldraine super recently. Oh, okay. There was the mill strategy and so oh. the bots wouldn't take the mill cards. And so if you saw the cards right away, you could take them and you would have a good mill deck right. that was really hard to battle against. <laughs> Isn't that fun? That just like a little loophole like that. <laughs> yeah, because the, the cards obviously on themselves are never good, so the bots would just never pick them. Right. And you're like, I can just get a good mill deck. <laughs> it's like, 
I love a good mill deck. Okay, <laughs> I do too. <laughs> but it's like you just saw that deck for a bit running rampant because you could so easily get it a good right. deck a lot of the time. Yes, and that and that wouldn't happen certainly not to that that often with with other with human beings drafting with other players because they would see like oh. You know, if you kind of know the cards and you don't need, if you have a bad pack, you're like, well, I'm going to take something that's part of like a combo or something. And that's such a huge part of draft is, uh, you know, you can, you can get an idea of what the people to the left and right of you, what colors they're going for. You can kind of control to a certain extent what cards they take. Yeah. And you can, to a certain extent, also hate out you know people to the you left can. or right of you yeah so like the the get the, the and it's like also people in the same pod might be going for the same thing so you have multiple people going for the the mill strategy mm-hmm. there'd be less of those cards around exactly while with the bots you're like i'm always gonna have those cards yeah yeah absolutely so yeah that that is uh that is definitely a good sign that they're moving in that direction yeah. they do have uh on the pack art here they have uh that is the Ooh. invention manival art yeah that is uh, and it's a nice uh, art for a pack i well, yeah i wonder if that'll be that'll be in there because we do have the uh the moxin and black lotus on the on arena right? yeah so like that that could be that could be potentially part of it. I, you know, I doubt that they'll do that. That's, I don't that's think a little, from just what they're saying. That's a little OP <laughs> for sure. It's even even Manavolt's pretty OP. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just supposed <clears throat> to be the cards in Historic 1 and 2 and then what's currently there. So Yeah. Uh, but they will be doing a cube draft. Uh, cube sealed, sorry. Yeah, and it's their first uh, Phantom event. Correct, That yes. they'll be doing. So for uh, those of you that don't know what a Phantom event is, um, it's not free. You... Uh, you just don't get to keep the cards, and it's at a, it's at a reduced cost. Like on MTGO, it's a Phantom Events costs less than what the regular draft would cost when you get to keep the cards, right? Yeah, yeah, very okay. much. Yeah, so you so you will still get a prize as well. Like you can like win a card for your collection, or like maybe gold or gems. Um, but yeah, the cards you actually get from the packs, you don't keep any of those. Yeah. And for this event specifically, uh, they say that it means that the, uh, rarity distribution doesn't matter and you may end up with a lot more than six rares or mythic rares in your sealed pool, which is the fun part about cube. God, I love cube. Yeah. (laughs) It's just, so I'm definitely going to jump into this event when it, uh, I don't think they have a date on it yet. Do they? Um, well, the game update is scheduled for today when we're recording this later this month. Yeah. So they'll, uh, they'll let you know and you'll have to let all of us know. I sure will. Yeah. Yeah. I love, we got to get together with Rylan and get that cube going again. It's just, it's so like, what do I, I don't know what to take. It's all so good. All good cards. (laughs) (laughs) Even talking about drafting as bots. I think I did a draft like a few days ago on arena and I got like five, I want to say like five rares in a row. Wow. They're all the best rares, but it's still like, you don't see like five rares in a row. Like <laughs> That's ridiculous. Uh. All right, folks. Well, we are going to wrap this episode up. I think that's, that's everything, right? I think that's it. Yeah. So um, if you want to get in touch with us, have any questions, you can, of course, email us at turnonesoaring at gmail.com. And before you hop to the next episode, uh, go ahead and check out all the links in the show notes, including our uh, Instagram giveaway for this month. Uh, We also want to thank our lovely editor, Ainsley, for editing the show each week. It's a lot of work, so thank you so much. It is a lot of work. We're really difficult. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like you guys are getting the finished product. You don't want to know. You don't want to see what. It's a lot of, there's a lot of cuts. Yeah. I mean, let's just leave it at that. Um, but yeah, thank you all so much for listening. And I, we hope you enjoyed this uh, special Friday episode. Thank you, everybody, and have a good night. Turn one soul ring.